Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Hey, it's good to be here with you in your living room. I'm in your living room. That's weird. I'm in my living room. It's such a great uh, thing that we get to do this. It's very cool. Uh, You probably have heard, if you've been on social media at all in the last day or two, that uh, President Trump announced that this day would be a national day of prayer. And so uh, we're going to keep that in mind um, as we move forward today in our time together here online, because I know that there's a lot of us that need prayer right now. Um, There's things that are going on the inside of us that we need prayer for. There's things that are going on the outside of us that we need prayer for in our homes and in our community and, of course, all over the world. And so um, we're going to pray about that at the end of the service. And I would just invite my friends here, my friends and family here in this room, to be sensitive to what maybe uh, how the Holy Spirit would instruct us to pray um, as, as we go through what the Lord has for us this morning. And at the end, maybe we can spend some time together in prayer. But uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 14, whether you've got your paper Bible or digital, um, it makes no difference to me. But go to Matthew 14, we're going to take a look at a story there this morning. And I'm pleased to announce that, you know, we're, we're here. We're still here. You know, tornadoes tried to get us a few weeks ago, and we're still here. Now, uh, viruses are spreading across the world, and we're still here. It's all good. Praise God, right? Yeah, so hey, I just want to encourage my friends and family here. I need some, I need some preaching support this morning. So, so I'm used to the masses, and here I've got the living room, and I love both. But I need some, I need some amens because I'm really insecure about myself. And anyway, thank you. I can always count on you, Jeff. Uh, as we look at what's going on around in the world, we can really easily see that that this pandemic has grown to pandemonium, right? And and one side of the road, you've got a ditch. And in this ditch, you've got people that are so concerned about COVID-19 that they've forgotten all about that they're supposed to be worried about like climate change and gun control and the electoral college. And then on the other side of the road, there's a ditch. And you've got people who are being so reckless and so senseless and so foolish that they have no regard for caution, and they're like, I'm just going to start licking doorknobs where I can find them, just to prove to everybody that I'm not afraid of the coronavirus, and that it's not going to take me down. And so one, one side is so afraid that they're, they're like, they think, man, if I can just buy enough toilet paper, I can build a fort, and I can stay protected inside my fort, Right? And then the other side is just disregarding common sense altogether. Whereas, you know, we've been instructed by our governments to watch out for, you know, uh, social distancing and, and all that. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. And some, some people are like, well, it's just pandemonium. And, and I don't disagree with that. I think maybe some of it is going overboard. But there is wisdom in that. And so we should participate in wisdom. Amen? Yes. One, one side is walking in, in anxiety and the other side is walking in absurdity. One side's walking in fear, the other side's walking in foolishness. But those aren't the only two choices to walk in. Those aren't the only two paths. There's another path for us to walk on, and it's the path of faith, amen? 
So I'm here to tell you today, strong families, strong family here in this living room, strong families in your living room, and the strong church family of Seeds Church and the church globally, strong families walk in faith together. Can you guys say that with me? Say, strong families walk in faith together. This goes for, again, our biological family. It goes for our church family. Strong families don't walk in fear together because that would produce a weak family. Walking in fear produces a weak family. And walking in foolishness ultimately, like, produces a dead family, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> in this case, right? Y'all want to know a foolish person's last words? Oh, wow. Hey, y'all, watch this. Yes. <laughs> Come on, that was funnier than that. <laughs> what does it mean to be foolish? It, to be foolish means to be ill-considered, to be unwise. My own personal definition of foolishness is, uh, is to abandon common sense. But I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about foolishness today because I don't think uh, that's as relevant to probably our community. I, I think most of us are probably not foolish, but um, th- there's a spectrum, and we're all in different places on this spectrum. Today, I want to talk about what it looks like to walk in faith versus walking in fear. Because I think that's probably more our go-to point, is we can walk in fear. Even if we put a brave face on on the outside, even if we can agree with all the things that don't sound fearful, sometimes fear can try to attack us anyway. And I'm not even just talking about this coronavirus thing. I'm not even talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about all kinds of things in our lives where fear tries to attack us. And so, um, praise God that the Holy Spirit inspired a lot of writers in the Bible to talk about these two issues, fear and faith, and even foolishness. But let's go to Matthew 14, and let's read in this account here, and let's be aware of how fear and faith were at work. So here's what's going on in Matthew 14. Um, At the very beginning of the chapter, uh, uh, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, Uh, gets tragically beheaded by Herod. And Jesus finds out about it. And you know what he does? He feeds 5,000 people. (laughs) It's like Jesus, I'm sure, is heartbroken. And and maybe there's a thought in Jesus' mind of like, they did that to him, they're going to do that to you. But instead of Jesus responding out of fear, he responds out of faith and 5,000 men not including the women and children, 5,000 plus are, are fed. It's, it's amazing. And if you drop down into verse 22, Matthew 14, verse 22, it says, immediately after this, immediately after the feeding of, a, of the 5,000 plus, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home, Uh, And that's why he sent the people home. And so after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. So Jesus is himself. He's practicing this discipline of getting alone with God. And that's a wonderful example that we need to follow. And night night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. For strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, 
Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. They cried out, it's a ghost. Picture this for a moment. Picture these guys for a moment. I mean, some of these guys were like burly fishermen, you know? Like, you guys seen, remember the commercials for like Gordon's, like fish sticks? It's got the fisherman with the yellow, you know, the raincoat and the hat, and he's out there in the Alaskan waters that are brutal, and he's just weathering it. I mean, these are these kinds of guys, right? They're tough guys. And, and, but they're totally freaked out, absolutely freaked out. It's a ghost! It's a ghost! Fear has obviously taken over here, Okay. Now, why is it they're responding this way? Well, picture this. I mean, it's nighttime, and they're on the water. I don't know. Have any of you guys been out on the water at nighttime before? Like, not just, like, on the bank of the water, but, like, on the water at nighttime. Is it eerie? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little eerie. It's a little freaky. It's a little creepy. So that's, you know, number one in the, in this in, in, uh, in the ingredient in this pot. Now there's a storm that's in full effect. Now, second question. How many of you have been on the water in a storm? I have. I don't know if you have, but I have. And there's this, like, panicky kind of feeling, like, that you are in control of nothing. I remember uh, a long time ago, I was out on the boat uh, with a high school buddy of mine, and we were on Old Hickory Lake, and we, we knew there was a storm coming in, but we just thought we'd be, you know, young and young and dumb and we got in the boat and we started chasing the storm on the water and all of a sudden the storm started chasing us and we turned that boat around and hightailed it back to the dock as fast as we could and there was a panic about it like there this was tornado weather so much so that we are in it's in the middle of the summertime and it's warm and hot and all of a sudden we're on this boat and boom we hit the cold front like, you could feel it. And both of us, we looked at each other. Rick and I looked at each other, and we're like, we got to get back to the house right away because we know when you go from hot to cold, this, is, this means a tornado is right around the corner. It's freaky. And so this is the kind of scenario that these guys are in. There's, it's at nighttime. It's in the 3 o'clock in the morning. It's in a storm. And so there's already some level of fear here before they even see Jesus walking toward them on the water. Now, I was just thinking about this this morning. I, I've been preparing for this message for a couple of days. But this morning, again, I'm reading through this story, and like something like just dawns on me. Because I, I just think every time I've ever read through this story, I've always kind of felt like, what in the world was Jesus doing out there walking on the water? Like they just happened to be out on the water in the middle of the night in a storm, and they'd see Jesus. What was he doing? Like, I'm just out here practicing my supernatural moves or something. I don't know. But this dawned on me this morning. Jesus went out there to rescue them. In the middle of their fear, Jesus chased them down. He didn't go out there because he was just hanging out on the water because, well, I got nothing better to do. No, he went out there to go to them. And so in the middle of our fear, Jesus is there. He is walking towards you this morning in the middle of your fear. Some of you are in fear and you're like, you feel like God is a million miles away. But I'm telling you, Jesus is chasing you down. So I almost, I almost picture Jesus kind of chuckling like, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. He's like, <laughs> you know. 
And we see here is that the fear is the typical response of the unknown. But listen here, don't let fear determine your decisions in our everyday lives. Don't let fear determine your decisions. Don't let fear dominate your feelings. Don't let fear dominate your thinking. Listen, it's absolutely okay to be cautious. It's absolutely perfectly fine to walk in wisdom and with common sense. But we don't need to get caught up in the pandemonium of the masses. And we also need to be cautious in other um, areas of our lives that we don't reject ideas and opportunities just because they're new and unknown to us. Because fear will try to grip you over things that are like, well, that's unknown. It's like you're walking through uh, a hotel room in the middle of the night that you've, you know, you're spending the night in a hotel room and it's dark. You're like, if this were my house, I know where all the things are. But I'm just trying to navigate through this hotel room in the middle of the night to get to the bathroom. And I'm afraid I'm going to stub my toe somewhere. But why? Because there's this little bit of fear because you don't know where things are. And that can happen in our everyday life where new opportunities, new ideas come to us. And there are things that maybe the Lord wants us to step towards, but we're a little bit fearful. We're timid. We're afraid. Maybe we don't walk toward them because there's some unknown elements about it. I'm telling you, we can't let fear determine our decisions. We can't let fear dominate our feelings and our thinking. Verse 27, Jesus spoke to them at once. And he says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Again, that's right there. Jesus is chasing them down in the middle of this storm, in the middle of their problem, in the middle of this, this, this moment where they're fearing, literally fearing for their life. Jesus is there and he's chasing them down and he said don't be afraid take courage because you are big enough to handle this because you're smart enough and you've got all the skills no that's not what Jesus said Jesus said don't be afraid take courage I am here Jesus is here Gosh, that's, that, that's good, y'all, because I know that I'm not good enough. I know that I don't have all the skills. I know that I don't have all the resources. God can provide all those to me, but it's not me producing them. It's him. Yes. He is here. So what's happening? Jesus speaks, and faith and courage are awakened. Jesus, who was the word made flesh, he speaks, and all of a sudden, courage and faith appear and they're awakened. What does that mean for us? It means that when fear tries to dominate you, run to God's word. The news says one thing, but what does God's word say? The doctor says one thing, but what does God's word say? The market says one thing, but what does God's word say? I'm telling you, God's word is a source of courage and faith for us. Why is that? Because Jesus, he spoke. Faith and courage were awakened and it appeared. It came onto the scene and Jesus is the word made flesh. So God's word is the source of courage and faith for us. So when fear tries to dominate you, run to God's word. Jesus is running to you, run to Jesus. God's word is like, here I am, run to the word. When, When fear tries to grip you, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you say about this situation? Not what does the world say. Not what does CNN and Fox News say. Not what does the government say. Not what does all the people on Facebook and social media say. 
Holy Spirit, what do you say? There's going to be times when you are going to have to remind yourself, hey, I don't have to be afraid. God is with me. What are you doing when you do that? You're stepping off the path of fear, and you're stepping onto the path of faith. Verse 28, Peter called out to him, and he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Eleven of these guys are completely paralyzed by fear, but we've got one guy who chooses to step out in faith and in courage, and he walks on the water, sinking amazing. Listen, fear ends when faith begins. Fear ends when faith begins. Fear is demolished when we decide to step off the path of fear and step onto the path of faith. Boom, it's like fear's gone. When fear tries to immobilize you, faith takes action. You know, we, we always, when we tell the story, we always talk about, you know, well, you know, Peter got it. Peter was sinking. Well, before he got to that part, he was walking on water, y'all. Listen, I don't, man, if I was walking on water, I'd be like trying to do some Michael Jackson moves. I'd be like moonwalking on water, you know. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I don't know. I do. You had to stop playing for that. That was, that, anyway. Listen. I, do, I don't know where to go from here. Anyway, anyway. Peter, he sees Jesus. And Jesus speaks to him, and Peter steps over the edge of the boat, walks by faith to meet Jesus. Fear ends where faith begins. Amen. Verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, when Peter saw the strong wind and waves, how do you see wind? <laughs> he saw the effects of the wind, right? And he was terrified, and he began to sink. How do you see the coronavirus? I don't, I can't see it, but you can see the effects of it. Not just the sickness, but you can see the pandemonium. Yeah. Yeah. And when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. He says, save me, Lord, he shouted. What happened? What changed in this situation? This guy is doing the impossible, moonwalking on water, right? Totally supernatural. But fear gripped Peter when he saw what? Jesus? No. Fear didn't grip Peter when he saw Jesus. Fear grips Peter when he saw the wind and the waves. Listen, fear wants to distract us and distract our focus away from Jesus. Fear is vying for our attention and saying, don't look at Jesus. Don't look at Jesus who is walking towards you in the middle of this storm in your life. Look at me. Look at the effects that I have. Look at the power that I have. Right in the middle of Peter's faith walk, fear attacks and says, hey, Peter, people can't walk on water. This is impossible. Those waves are going to crush you, man. Don't you feel how strong the wind is? And as Peter's faith began to sink, he began to sink in the water. He took his eyes off Jesus. He looked at his circumstance. And that's, again, that's exactly what fear wants you to do. Fear wants you to take your eyes off Jesus. Verse 31. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. I love that. 
when fear is trying to grip your heart, when fear is trying to dominate your thinking and your feelings and your situation, Jesus is offering a hand to us immediately. It's not like he's going to, well, you know what? I'm just going to let them roll around in their, in their fear for a little while. I'm just going to let them be miserable in their fear for a little while. No, Jesus is immediately reaching out to us. And, he, and then he says, he says, why have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? Why did you doubt me? And then, it doesn't say this, but they had to have like walked back to the boat together, right? I mean, I don't, I mean, it's possible that Jesus drug him through the water, but that doesn't seem like my God. I think my God would have helped Peter up out of the water and they probably, they walked back to the boat together and they climbed back in the boat and then the wind stopped. Well, how in the world? Well, because Jesus showed up on the scene. Then the disciples worshiped him. Absolute. That's the absolute response that we ought to have. Jesus shows up on the, in, the, in, in the moment. Jesus shows up, and we ought to worship him. And the disciples said, man, you really are the son of God. And this is crazy to me because, like, he just fed 5,000 people, right? Like, you really are the son of God. Jesus is like, bro, where you been? Where, where you been? Listen, Jesus said to them, Jesus said to Peter, why did you doubt me? Listen, doubt enters the picture the moment when Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he put his eyes on his circumstances. Listen, I'm telling you, fear feeds doubt and defeat. When we give way to fear, it feeds doubt and defeat. And fear and doubt are anti-faith. They're anti-faith. And it was fear and doubt that actually stopped Peter from operating the supernatural. And I just wonder, how many times, how often does that happen to us? Where Jesus is inviting us into supernatural experiences, whether it be to lay hands on people and pray for them, whether it be to whatever it is that he's inviting us to, whatever act of obedience he's saying, come out here, come to the water with me. And we allow fear and doubt to enter into our hearts and it prevents us from saying yes to the supernatural. Listen, I'm telling you, fear has power. I mean, don't kid yourself. Don't be like, well, fear is not powerful. Fear has as much power as we give it. It does. Fear has power and the, the only power it has is what we allow it. And I'm telling you, fear and faith, both are two forces that have the ability and power to create something out of nothing. They both have the ability to bring into being that which does not exist just yet. Fear and faith both have the ability and power to create something out of nothing, bringing into being that which does not exist. And I believe if there's any evidence of this truth, it's what's happening in the world right now. Some people are afraid they're going to get sick and die. And listen, I'm not saying we're going to not use wisdom and not use common sense. But, it, I mean, now, you, now that we've moved from that fear to the fear of, 
can I go to the store and find any toilet paper? I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. See how one thing has affected another? And let me tell you, toilet paper is a holy thing. <laughs> can I get an amen? Yes, amen. I'm not sure about the origins of the coronavirus. Listen, uh, but I am sure about the origins of the pandemonium, and it's yeah, fear. fear. It's fear. A long time ago, there's this railroad worker, and he was loading a freezer car, a railroad freezer car. And um, he, he's in the middle of loading this thing, and the, the, the door to the freezer car got shut on him, and he got locked in there. Yeah, bad deal. And he knew where the train was going. He knew the destination, where the freezer car was being delivered. Because even after all the stops the train would make, like, it's, it's, that car is going to a destination far away. And he knew how long he would be in there. And so he just did the math. And he knew, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in here. So he had a notebook with him, you know, for taking inventory and loading everything into this freezer car. So he began to journal during this journey, and he began to journal uh, and about his different levels of hypothermia that he experienced. And so that car, that railroad car, got to the destination. They unlocked it, opened up the door, and sure enough, there they found him dead. Here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing is this: my dog is barking. <laughs> Welcome to church at home. Thank you, Melina. I don't have the coronavirus. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about that. The freezer unit on that railroad car was malfunctioning, and the temperatures never dropped to a deadly temperature. But he had made up in his mind, I'm going to die. That's how powerful fear is. That's how powerful it is. I heard another story a couple days ago, though. Um, down in Cumberland Caverns, which is about an hour from here or so, there was a long, long time ago, early 1800s, there was a guy exploring the cave. And, uh, you know, they didn't have flashlights. What they had were torches. And he got way back into the cave somewhere. He'd been jumping over different ravines. And he ended up on this rock. And his torch went out. And he had some materials to relight the torch, but it didn't work. He's sitting there in the, in the pitch black, the darkest dark that there is. And he's trying to light the torch again, and he can't get it lit. And he's dropping, he's dropping his materials, and he can, like, hear them, like, clink, clink, you know. He's like, I'm on the edge of another cliff here inside this cave. What am I going to do? And despair and fear started to take over him. But you know what? He, he came to this conclusion. He says, what good is this? What good is this fear? And so he just sat there. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about all this adventure that I've had of exploring this cave. And I'm not going to walk in fear, but I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the moment that I had. And he laid there in that one spot for three days. 
three days later, some buddies that knew he went out exploring, didn't know where, they went out looking for him in the woods and they found his knapsack right outside the mouth of the cave. And they like knew, man, our guy's an adventurous guy. He went in there. So they went in there looking for him and they found him. And he wasn't dead. He was alive. I'm telling you what, fear has power, but so does faith. Faith has power also. Listen, fear is going to try to rule you and control you and kill you if you allow it. Fear feeds doubt and defeat, but faith feeds victory. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, John says this, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Listen, when we put our hope and our trust in God, when we stay our focus on Jesus, when we listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to us, when we rely on God's word, faith rises up and fear bows down to faith. Fear may feed doubt and defeat, but faith feeds the victory. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verse 33. My friend Jeff here just wrote a song about this. He's releasing soon. Not we are releasing, but he's releasing. (laughs) John 16, 33, I have told you, told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Oh, isn't that a great word? Praise the Lord. We're going to have trials and sorrows. But Jesus says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Our faith in Jesus feeds the victory. It's not our faith in ourselves. It's not about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's not about, I'm so big and bad and I can weather this storm. It's about our faith in Jesus. It feeds the victory. Why? Because Jesus says, I have already overcome. What does that mean for us? It means that we walk together in faith with Jesus. We walk together in faith with Jesus and we walk together in faith with each other. Strong families walk in faith together. What, the, what does that mean? It means side by side with arms locked, linked together. We, when a family member starts to step into fear, we remind them, give your attention to Jesus. When, when a, a friend or church family member of ours steps into fear, we remind them, what does God's word say? Remind them that their faith in Jesus feeds the victory. Again, it goes for your biological family. It goes for your church family. It goes for every circumstance that you might face. It might be tornadoes. It might be a worldwide pandemic. It might be cancer. It might be financial woes. It might be relationship issues. Whatever it is that you're facing, strong families walk in faith together. And do you know what the result is of walking in faith together? It's this definition that we've been using for strong families. Walking in faith together means that we're going to be able to have the power to succeed through demanding circumstances, withstand great pressure, and stay firmly established without being disturbed, upset, or affected. Who wants that? Come on. I do. Yeah. I do. Listen, that's what this world needs. The world needs to see a church that can withstand, can stand Great pressure, staying firmly established without being disturbed, upset, or affected. The world needs to see the church walk together in faith. Listen, I know that there's very real fears that many of us deal with on a, on a daily basis. Fear of sickness and disease, fear about work, fear about finances, bills, 
relationship with our spouse, kids, other family members or friends, whatever. For those of you in school, you might have fears about grades, exams, relationships at school, ACT scores, college stuff. Am I on track to, you know, am I on track with, with my major that I've picked? Here's what you need to know. When we start feeding our hearts and our heads with faith, fear has no choice but to starve to death. I'm going to read two more verses out of Psalms for you today. And as I read these, I just want you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Psalm 118 verse 6 says this, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. Praise God. Psalm 23, verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen, I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting us today not to go around the valley of the shadow of death, but to walk right through the valley of the shadow of death. But instead of walking through in fear, he's inviting us to walk with him, to walk with him in faith. I just want to pray right now for any of us who've been attacked by fear. If you're sitting there in your living room right now and you're still watching and you didn't get tired of watching me, um, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for this world right now. And, I, and we're, we're closing our time here together this morning. And so, again, I, I just want to open this up to any of my friends or family here in the living room with me. If you've got a, a, a prayer strong in your heart to pray, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But right now, Holy Spirit, we just come to you right now and we acknowledge that you're inviting us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not by ourselves, not in fear, but to walk with you in faith. And we thank you for that invitation. We thank you that you're not demanding us to do that on our own. Jesus, we thank you that when we're in the middle of the storm, you don't stay out and retreated on a hillside, but you come and find us. You come even in supernatural circumstances like walking on water to come to our rescue. So Jesus, we want to put our faith and our hope and our trust in you. We ask you right now to give us faith, to give us courage, even just the smallest, the faith of a mustard seed. The faith of a mustard seed can remove mountains. The faith of a mustard seed can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea. If we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe. So Jesus, we ask you to fill us with faith. We thank you that you've given us a measure of faith already. Help us tap into it. Help us say yes to it. Help us to start starving fear to death and start feeding faith in our lives. In the name of Jesus. I know there's some of us we're afraid about circumstances specifically with our spouses. Maybe your spouse is walking through uh, an issue in their life right now and it's causing, and it's a serious issue, but it's causing um, issues between the two of you. It's causing uh, disagreements. It's causing arguments. It's causing stress. It's causing uh, fights and, and just unholy feelings. And I just command peace and faith to come to that storm right now in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you right now that Jesus is walking towards you. 
And even though you might feel like you're sinking, he's offering a hand to you right now. There's people that are dealing with facing negative medical reports. I'm telling you, Jesus is offering a hand to you right now. People are dealing with fearing their financial issues. God, how this, how this pandemic has affected uh, personal friends of mine, God, in their jobs. God, with the cancellations of, of work. God, the, the, the question is, where's the money going to come from? God, I've lost tens of thousands of dollars. Where's the money going to come from? Jesus, I thank you. You are far greater than, than contracts lost. God, that you'll provide every need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we believe that. I believe that for my friend Jeff. I believe that for uh, other people that I know that are in the ministry that itinerate, God, that, uh, that rely on these conferences that have been canceled. God, I believe that for my friends who are in the entertainment industry, who had concerts and, and events canceled, Lord God. For friends of mine that are in the production industry, God, who run sound and lights, and all these things have affected them. God, and that's just a minute, that's just a minute section. God, I just thank you right now. We're not going to be dominated by fear. We proclaim that in Jesus' name. We're going to walk in faith. Give us wisdom. Help us be peace to the chaotic world around us. Help us be the ones that step in. God, use us to be the ones that step into the rescue of others. Help us to be the ones that say, peace, be still to the storm in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.